the feeling of dying was just the most god awful lonely feeling I could ever describe to someone. Trying to figure out what are my final like I'm trying to think what are my final thoughts should be. Looking up at the sun bleeding out in Iraq, I'm just like, what do I think about? It? You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. Hey friends, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. I'm so excited for you to be here for yet another episode. This is conversation number 154, total episodes number 264. It's so neat to have another episode to where somebody says something I haven't thought about before. It's really powerful and it's going to stick with me for a very long time, the way he described how he almost died and the thoughts that were running through his head just that's that's what's sticking with me right now after recording this and you'll hear it and you'll know it when you hear it and know why it's so powerful and some for obvious reasons some for not and to hear him describe it is is something that will help us you know maybe slightly shift our perspective so my guest today so my guest today is Paul Gardner he is a retired marine he's the founder of Strive Tactical and his nonprofit is Warrior Benefit he was in Iraq in 2003 he was in a firefight. He got shot through the side into his spine and he was paralyzed from the waist down and he has been just crushing it for the last 17 years. But it took him a while to find what his purpose was, his passion was, and how he could start helping other people in that as well. So this is his story. He shares how he found that and how it changed his life, honestly. And it's a pretty incredible story to say the least. Remember, you can find this episode in all other conversations to contemplations. There's two segments within the podcast one where I interview guests, one where it's just me. All episodes are on audio and head over there to YouTube, subscribe, that would be helpful. Also sharing the podcast, heading over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and rating five stars is always helpful. I really appreciate it. There's now like, you know, 260 episodes and there's a lot of stuff in there. So thank you always so much for the support. Never take it for granted. I'll not say that. It just means so much to me. So thank you so much. Without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm always so honored to have people that want to come on here and share their stories and talk about their stories, especially with the intentionality of both continuing to help themselves, and I mean that, and then helping other people as well. And I think you know as much as I do that by sharing your story, it helps you and it's also helping other people. So we talked, we had a mutual friend, the Nub Gunner, if you guys know him on, on yeah. Instagram, uh, Anson Roberts was on here. And it was a phenomenal show. And then I think you guys talked and he brought up the podcast that he was on. And then we reached out, we talked and we're like, let's get you on here. So here we are flash forwards now. And I think it's just cool. It's so incredible to always be connected through people like that. But I almost like didn't even want to start the episode because we were just talking for like 15 minutes before the episode started, you know, just talking about that. But um, before we go into the rest of the episode, do you mind introducing yourself for those of us that might not know who you are? Yeah, my name is Paul Gardner. I'm a former U.S. Marine infantryman. I was deployed to Iraq in the initial invasion back in 2003, so long ago. 
I actually had my uh, a live day anniversary this past Sunday on Easter, April 12th, uh, 2003 yeah. was when yeah, I was wounded, yeah, 17 years ago now. And uh, so I got wounded there, uh, shot in a gunfight, paralyzed from the waist down. And, you know, I got into shooting. I, I, I always wanted to be a Marine or a cop. So once that happened, uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, has a lot of physical issues just with the paralysis and getting everything and initially getting used to everything and adapting to every to my new life my new body and got into shooting in 2009 and uh hit that heavy and tactical firearms training fell in love with it and started doing that uh, ever since and this year or this past year i guess started my llc uh, strive tactical uh my firearms training company and getting it up and running this year so Dude, that's awesome. I love that. So I'm just curious right off the bat. One of the questions I had was that was, it sounds like about six years between the time of the initial injury and between mm-hmm. you getting into shooting. And then it sounds like you just absolutely fell in love with it and it really just helped you. So I'm curious about, and I'm asking this question with the intentionality, speaking of intentionality of people that are maybe struggling with something similar or different, just struggling in general, like how did you find that that was quote unquote your thing? And like, how were you in those six years? Cause six years is a long time. And I'm sure, Yeah. I mean, we always have struggles, but I'm sure those were different struggles in those first six years. Yeah. So for me, uh, I had a lot of physical challenges when I was first injured. The bullet just did a lot of damage. It went in under my left armpit, uh, blew apart my spleen. What was left of that was removed punctured my left lung, lacerated my stomach and kidney with a secondary wound cavity. And that bullet just screaming at, you know, about 20 yards away. So it was screaming fast Jeez, yeah. and it hit me. And, uh, and then lacerated my, or lacerated stomach and kidney, um, and blew out my vertebrae and severed my spinal cord at T12L1. And it just, uh, I had a lot of physical issues initially in those first several years. I was in and out of the hospital. Uh, I spent, I mean, I've spent, and it's I kind of call my all my deployments to the to the VA uh, because I was my a short one would be for a few weeks, uh, but I'm, my longest was a year and two months being there, and so I spent a total of four and a half years as an inpatient in the VA, most of which was on bed rest, twenty four seven, being in a room, shit, dude. Uh, in the same bed. Only time I get out of bed was when I go to the shower, but it was still on a waterproof gurney, so I laid down on that too and. And uh, so, yeah, I just had a lot of physical issues, a lot of pressure sores and, and surgeries, uh, plastic surgeries on my, my backside, getting those addressed and everything, just learning how to deal with my, my new body and mm-hmm. getting used to things that I could no longer do. And when I mean do, like I couldn't push my body to the extent that I did before. So it took me years to kind of flip that switch in my head to like, I can't handle my body my mind is so strong with everything I learned in the Marine Corps about adapting and overcome and pushing and all that stuff, but I couldn't do that anymore. So to make that switch of, I have to start taking care of myself, taking things easier, getting sleep. Um, mm. I, I just couldn't push my body as much. And I was in the first several years, you know, breaking femurs and all the wounds. And I just was pushing things a little too hard and, and, uh, being in another hospital for the first six years and i found firearms training with a uh some i think youtube or or something i saw a video of guys doing it and i was like i thought this was only like military and police that did this stuff 
and uh, gotten into it and haven't looked back since. Man, that's incredible. But can we pause for a second and just comprehend four and a half years of bed rest? That's a long time, man. Yeah, that uh, it adds up. You know, it, like I said, it'd be anywhere from a week or two. Yeah, if it was just a really short stay for me, sure, uh, and that would be considered very short. Like that would be like most people's just going to the hospital for like a day. That would be me for one or two weeks. That that'd be short for me. Um, but usually they were for at least a couple of months at a time. Would be my shorter ends mm-hmm. of the stays uh, between two months and eight, ten months. Um, the past some, the last several of those months is when I would start getting slowly ten, getting up for 10 minutes a day in my chair and mm-hmm. slowly come up, getting my body reacquired to sitting in mm-hmm. the chair again mm-hmm. um, over time. That's why it would take so long. And it just takes so long for the body to heal with wounds. Mm-hmm. And you have to just be immobile and laying in bed for that to happen. Dang, dude. That's like, yeah, that's like two thirds of six years just you know, over two thirds of six years, it's probably 70% of your time was in a bed doing something like that and recovering. And I think it's really interesting to hear what you said about your mindset, the way you were before. And then you were still trying to go, I guess it sounds like mentally like a hundred percent, you know, just ramp, ramp, ramp it up and just keep on going. But you had to really, I guess, listen to your body. It sounds like, and it, I imagine that that was much more difficult to like in theory than actually applying it i mean that must have been quite the you know so i talk about like career transitions a lot and like you're you're Mm -hmm. having your own career transition you didn't want it but you had a career transition and it sounds like you've had you also have a mental transition and you had to overcome a lot and it's just learning how to live a different life and i I don't know if you know who jay redmond is but he was shot a bunch too and he, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he was telling in his new book, Overcome, that to find your new 100%, does that, does that sound, kind of sound like what you had to try to do yourself? Yeah. I mean, so like I always tell people as well that the worst day of my life wasn't being shot uh, and almost dying and knowing that I was going to die. Um, and, or, and it wasn't when the doctors came in and told me, hey, you're paralyzed. You know, we finally got the surgery, saw your spine, it's wrecked, it's completely severed, it's not as partial, like you're done for the rest of your life. There's literally no chance of you walking again. It wasn't that. It was when two sailors came in my room in ICU and said, you know, the Marine Corps didn't want me anymore. And that was a tough pill to swallow because I only ever had two plans in life. Uh, I mean, I barely graduated high school. I only graduated because several of the teachers, like I convinced them to <laughs> up my grade from a, an F, a bad F, to like, you know, a D, like a 60, just to pass. Because I was like, I don't care about college. I don't care about making money. I just want to serve in the Marine Corps, make, you know, uh, serve my country. And I somehow convinced two teachers to do that for me. But so I only ever want to be a Marine. Or, and if that didn't work out, then I was going to get out and be a cop. And when both of the those were taken away from me. I just, I mean, I was lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew that I needed to just at first focus on my, my physical body and getting better. Sure. Um, and then it just, you know, it took several years or you know, six years to really find that passion and, yeah. and restart that fire yeah. in my heart again. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many good things that I'm picking up here, but I think one of the things is what you ended on in that it was six years in that, you didn't give up, you know, you're still here. And you were telling me, you know, you shared some personal stuff with me before we started recording about how you were up in Arlington, you know, how, how you initially got your dog and how you were burying a friend. And some people 
they don't, you know, they're not here anymore with us, unfortunately. Yeah. And you're still here with us. And so the reason I'm, I'm saying this is as tough as it can be to talk about is that you suffered. I mean, when you're told you're not going to walk anymore and you're in bed rest for four and a half years and it, because at the time you don't know in six years, you're going to find this thing that's just going to absolutely change your life and make you feel a lot better mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So what I'm saying is, is you kept on pushing, you kept on grinding, you found that new 100%. And then lo and behold, because you were resilient and resistant to succumbing to all of the negativity that I'm sure was swirling around in your head, you found something that you absolutely love. And now here we are over a decade later and you're, you're still doing that and you're absolutely crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that just, it, that changed my life for the better so much. It, uh, it wasn't as good on my relationship at the time with me and my, my ex-wife uh, because I wasn't that person I mean, I still kind of had the marine mindset, but I'd also, it was kind of too painful for me to have one foot in, one foot out of the marine or civilian. So I just kind of went full civilian. I didn't talk like a marine anymore, mm-hmm. didn't carry myself like one anymore. Um, I wasn't bitter. I just, it just, it was too painful. And then once I found a shooting, I started hanging out with vets again and just started kind of changing my friends and started loving that and everything improved there. Like I said, since I was that person, when I found, my my ex-wife a few years after i was injured um and we got married and everything uh you know it's uh, completely understandable that we kind of drew apart uh after that or whatever but uh all in all it was just great Mm -hmm. for me uh mentally and everything to find finally find something that uh not only that i loved that i was good at and also once i started sharing my story of being wounded and because it wasn't until I started doing training classes that I, I understood the extent of, and I used to call them mistakes, but it wasn't mistakes because I didn't know better at the time. Uh, but just the, the training scars mm-hmm. that I had from mm-hmm. our, our very substandard training at the time, all of us were going in at that time with theory-based training because we hadn't been in a real war since Vietnam, uh, a real infantryman, infantry-centric war since Vietnam. We lost a lot of those hard lessons that we unfortunately have to learn every time we go back to war that are earned, learned and earned in blood. And then we forget them. Those guys get out. and That knowledge just kind of falls by the wayside. Um, so I started sharing my story with cops, mainly cops, but also some know guys that would be at the classes and online as well. And just seeing the, those light bulb moments, you know, go off like, oh. And that's why the instructor is teaching us to, you know, mm-hmm. reload mm-hmm. our pistol or, or rifle up here instead of down here. So that way you're not looking down at it. You're able to have situational awareness. And there's just, I mean, a kind of cascade of events that led to me being wounded. And once I started sharing that and seeing those light bulb moments happen, I mean, even more than the, the farm training itself that I love doing personally, I love sharing that knowledge and uh, getting that knowledge out there to the good guys. So that, you know, if they ever do have that worst day of their life, they will not only be successful or, or survive it, but, you know, dominate it and get back home to their loved ones and also protect their brothers and sisters to the left and right and yeah. all that. Yeah, how cool is that? And I know that when you're able to teach somebody else, especially, so you, it's, it's what you love and now you're able to teach other people you're able to train them. And on such an important issue there where, like you said, you gave the example of just people not knowing like something as simple as reloading a weapon, looking down instead of like keeping it within your eyesight, you know, at a high ready position like that. 
So the, these things that may sound sound simple or obvious to some people is just completely not obvious to other people. And I think that's one thing we I I, ten, I personally tend to discount like the things that I know and like, oh there's no way somebody else would know it. But I love yeah. you know talking about helping other people. I mean if people are uh, you know repeat offenders listening to the show a bunch of times, thanks so much. But you guys know that I love being able to talk about people helping other yeah. people and. And you're able to do that right here with yourself. And, and, and it's just so cool to be able to do something you love and to be able to help other people. And it's just like, you're doubling down on, on your purpose in life. It's like, I feel like you can have a hobby, you can have like a project, but I feel like you have a purpose and you're able to both, like I said, help yourself and help other people grow at the same time. And that, that's like, it's like it's such in sync like that. You know what I'm saying? Cause like when you're only working on yourself or you're only helping other people, like both things are good. But like, if you're only helping other people and you're not helping yourself, you're going to have this like house built on a weak foundation, or you might have a good foundation and you'll never be able to build a house. But when you have the strong foundation and you have a great house, I mean, that comes in sync and that's just a very, it just a very, I guess, I guess what I'm getting out is it feels like fulfillment. You know, that it's a very fulfilling moment to be able to do that. And that's all. Yeah, yeah it's sure. great that you're able to do that, man. So uh, I'm always very curious about any behaviors that you think in your life that have led to whatever your version of success is, you know, you being able to find your purpose, being able to teach and help other people. But throughout from your initial injury, which is uh, 17 years ago now, because mm-hmm. you said you just hit uh, on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday. So that's incredible. Yeah. So 17 years. Yeah, that's that's huge. Congrats. And you're still helping people. But I'm wondering and I'm sure throughout the whole entire thing, especially since it was six years before you found this, what are some of the strong behaviors that you just, you can't get rid of that you always will remember that helped you get to where you are today? You know, as as cheesy as it sounds, uh, you know, from day one in boot camp and ring boot camp, uh, a lot of the stuff that I thought was maybe stupid or cheesy, all that stuff really not only helped define who I am and eventually become, but also it, I can't tell you, you know, how much it it really helped me after I was wounded with my recovery and and just the mindset that I had. I mean, for one, when I woke up a week and a half later after I was wounded and I was awake the whole time for like 45 minutes on the medevac and finally just couldn't Mm -hmm. stay awake anymore and passed out when I got to the aid station. But so my, for me, that was me dying because I, I didn't think I had a chance at all. Um, wow. and so when I woke up a week and a half later, I mean, that was just the biggest and best surprise of my life for one. And even though I was, despite being paralyzed from the waist down, I just, I don't know. It was just good to be alive still. And, and just that feeling of, of not, I mean, the feeling of dying was just the most God awful lonely feeling I could ever describe to someone trying to figure out because it's not like you think about it beforehand and i'm just like what what are my final like i'm trying to think what are my final thoughts should be yeah. you know what i mean oh. as i'm looking up at the sun at the sun uh you know bleeding out in iraq i'm just like what do i think about it? i was thinking about my sister and my family and my friends and i'm just like oh, god man I, I wish there's so much i want to think about right now or, or people i want to talk to but it's this is it it's over so when i woke up I was just like, man, this is, you know, it could be a lot worse because that feeling was just the most god awful lonely feeling ever. And uh, so I always kind of took that with me for one, but everything I learned in boot camp about adapting and overcoming, 
I just took that same mindset and applied it to the challenge that was in front of me at that point and which was, you know, recovering whether it was, you know, I don't know, getting off the being intubated or, or whatever. Um, my first victory and that's when I, this is when I discovered that, you know, uh, it's kind of, it's similar to the, you know, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. I, my first victory after being wounded was when a physical therapist, a uh, very hot physical therapist came in my room <laughs> and, uh, in ICU and started talking to me. We're doing some very light PT stuff in the bed. And she, uh, I asked her, you know, like, so how do I, like, I assume I, I can't drive. I mean, how does that work? Do I got to be like shuffled around in a minivan, like someone else to drive me places from now on? That's just, I didn't know anyone in a wheelchair. Um, so that's what I assumed. And she was like, oh, no, you can drive a Ferrari if you want. It just has to be <laughs> automatic transmission. You have hand controls uh, for anything. And at that point, I was like, okay. Like for me, that was my one thing that I was like, okay, I can do this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I had this, this, I describe it like I had this whole mountain of negativity over here that was just so easy to focus on because there's just so many sucky things at that time that were going on as there are for pretty much anyone. It's just different perspectives, mm -hmm. different very variations of, of, of suckiness, I guess, in everyone's life, but so easy to focus on that, that negativity, but I had this one tiny little twinkle of positivity, this little tiny mound over here. And I just kind of chose to focus on that. And I was like, okay, if I, if I can do that, if I can drive, I can do this. Like I got this, everything else is just, I'll do it one step at a time. Like I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I always just kind of had that mindset and I was checking boxes every time I do something. It's just another box checked mm. until I could keep climbing the ladder and, uh, and, and be independent again and live on my own again and, and all that thing and all those things and start dating again. And, you know, it was just checking boxes. That's all it was. Interesting. So I just kind of chose to focus on that positivity uh, or that even though it was sometimes hard to focus on that, especially when you're laying in bed for so many hours a day and everything uh, alone, alone with your thoughts, but just kind of chose to focus on that and uh and not dwell at least not too long on negative things mm -hmm. yeah wow well i'm gonna go back to what you said about when you were initially hit and you thought you were dying and dude it was like that was really emotional for me hearing you describe that i've I mean, we, I think we've all, it's safe to say we thought about dying, but I think the way you've described mm -hmm. that, I mean, I could just envision myself doing that. And I was asking myself like, well, what the hell would I ask myself? You know, who would yeah. I think about? And it's kind of like a scary, that's scary as hell. Absolutely. It is. And then you passed out, you woke up a week and a half later. I mean, you, I mean, for all you knew, you were, you literally were about to die and that's just really heavy to me. And yeah. I think, I think as much as we do think about that, death maybe in general we don't think about it that specific and how real it can be even though we all will face that eventually and i really like how you spoke about how you latch down on one thing like ju mm -hmm. just the car and i think when you have that glimmer of hope essentially you really can just like you said you start checking boxes 
and you're yeah. just able to do, you know, I, I know I can do this. I know I can do other things. And it, all it takes is one thing. And why I think that is so powerful is because if you're struggling, you just need to start moving and you will get a small victory. It may be the smallest victory, but mm-hmm. that smallest victory will set the trajectory. It will set the momentum for your inevitable success. And you may not feel like you're succeeding or making any progress initially, but I just, it's such a great example of that. And you said, and, and look at you now, I mean, you're a living, breathing example of somebody who took that, like, oh, I can drive a car. There ain't shit else I can't do, you know, like we will find a yeah. way, you know? So I love that you're able to apply that. And uh, like you said, it went all the way back to your military training about uh, being in boot camp as a Marine and adapting and overcoming. And you absolutely took that to heart and you've lived by that. And I think that's very powerful that you're able to take something from your training and, and have it be applicable to everything that you endured. And, and then when you wake up and you're like, I'm still here and it just mm-hmm. ma- gives you this whole new, just whole new, I feel like, cause you were talking about looking up at the sun and I just envisioned you looked at the sun a little bit different that day on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, just breathing and, and air again. I mean, everything was just, I don't know, just, it just gave me a lot of different perspectives mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, as it does for anyone who's had, you know, close calls, whether it's a car wreck or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you only really have your own perspective to, to go on. And uh, so what might be a close call from someone might be considered different from by another person, but Absolutely. if you're life to go on really, and, and I don't think it's really healthy to compare yourself to others uh all times unless it's mm-hmm. in a positive way but uh yeah i mean i think a lot of people have those those outlooks um sometimes it lasts sometimes it doesn't um but it definitely gave me a new perspective and i just uh, i mean i i never forgot that that feeling of realizing like man i am having a lot of trouble staying awake right now i've bled a lot mm-hmm. and it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I knew the, I knew it was a bad hit, especially when I saw one of my guy's eyes just kind of like open way up, like, Whoa, this oh, guy, yeah. like he's just looking down at me. And I was just like, that can't be good. If he's <laughs> looking at me like that. And, uh, oh my he God. actually, That's he a... was like, don't worry. He's like, don't worry, Gardner, you'll be okay, buddy. And I was just like, there was no confidence there. And I was just like, you lying son of a bitch. I can see it all <laughs> over your face. I am not good. Uh, but yeah, man, it just, it gave me a whole new perspective on things for sure. And yeah. for me, it's, uh, it's lasted. So, yeah, that's incredible, man. I, I appreciate you sharing all this with me. It's just, like I said, in the very beginning of the episode, and it's just never something I take for granted for be, people to be able to share this. And I just think it's so cool that, people want to have their conversation. They want to share their stories and they, they know how much and it's so cool. So a lot of things like we talk about that I like talking about is career transitions. And we we've talked about that and helping other people. And typically I, you know, we'll ask people towards the end about the, maybe the most interesting problem that they've overcome or, uh, you know, uh, hurdles that they've had to overcome like that. But clearly that, that, that's been your, your story from day one here, at least, you know, in the regard of this, this episode. So yeah. I won't go that way, but I, I do also sometimes touch into mentorship 
And I'm wondering if there had been anybody in your life through any point in those, you know, initial six years before you found your, your passion and your purpose or somebody after that up until now that was in your life as, you know, in, a, in that mentorship role, somebody that you could call on, lean on, look up to for inspiration or for any type of enlightenment or advice or anything like that? Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank of uh, kind of specific names, but... Um, but yeah, but you had people, it sounds general, like. Yeah. For one, I, I look at certain people especially with firearms instructors, how I want to, how I, I want to, uh, kind of base my, my company off of, Mm -hmm. and, uh, not just, not just their curriculum, not just how they carry themselves in classes, but also off the range. And, you know, are they a good human being in general or do things that people never know that, that they did, you know, helping, Mm -hmm. helping a cop, you know, go to the range with a cop one-on-one not even getting paid when they could be, you know, charging a thousand bucks for the day or whatever. Um, things like that. Uh, and I always wanted to do those same, same things. And also I would, I've always, and it kind of goes back to it, to my injury, but one thing that I've always done is, um, look at other people that are in my similar situation mm-hmm. and being like, Hey, you know, if, if, if they can do it, I can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like I say, kind of compare myself to people like in a positive way like that instead of more of a negative way, like, yeah. well, they got this and I don't or whatever. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I've always, I've always done that ever since I was injured. Like I'm not the first person to go through these problems. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And either finding a person that has gone through those problems and asking them how they got through it, uh, or just, that's so watching good. them do it and, and using that as motivation in general to be like, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, I mean, uh, I, a lot of friends have been helping me out, uh, with my company with just big challenge we're going through right now. It's just all the administrative crap, man. Like <laughs> it's one thing shooting on the range and, and actually verbally teaching verbally and physically teaching people. Um, that's so easy compared to, you know, taxes and, just, I mean, the LLC and and everything, get the website up and running. What do you have? There's all that crap. I'm just like, man, but I'm just kind of taking that, like everything else, you know, just starting somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it, as long as you get a little bit done uh, that day, that's that's something less that you have to do and you can build upon that. And, you know, once you get started, that's the hardest part is getting started like anything else. You're absolutely right about that. I love your comparison of, or your description of not comparing yourself to people in a negative light, but comparing mm-hmm. in a sense of, you know, there's other people that have gone through it. And I think that's what's so cool and unique about sharing your story is that you, your story is unique and you shouldn't mm-hmm. discount it. But there also have been people that have experienced similar to what you've done. And I know talking to those people, like, you've lived through it like for for me and for you as somebody who's been in the military like there are certain people that i know don't know what it's like to you know do some of the things that happen over there you know experience some of those things that happen over there but when i like that's why one of the reasons we were talking i think you know for 15 minutes we were talking about like afghanistan and things like that like i don't talk to people like that on a daily basis so like yeah you know we don't we weren't even hey you were there 17 years or, or you were there no you were there like eight years before me or something like that 
and yeah. uh, but it's still nice to connect. So I'm just saying, if like there can be an eight year gap and I can talk to somebody about that, then when you experience an injury or just some kind of life adversity, which we clearly all go through, and you're able to ask somebody, you know, how did you get through this? What are some of the honestly like tips and hacks and tricks that you are using to be able to make your life more enjoyable, easier to live, your, you know, everything like that. So I love that you compared it like that, man. It's awesome. And then especially that they're helping you with the company and it, it's funny to hear you. I mean, not funny in a negative way, but like how, yeah. it can, how it can be harder to run the company than do all these other things. And that's totally understandable, but you're, you're saying it yourself that you're doing it with help, you know, and be able to ask for help, be, uh, know that it's okay to ask for help. And those are all the things you've done, man. So I, I uh, love that you shared all that stuff. We had so many good points here and I really appreciate it, but I'd love for you to be able to share where people can find you, whether it be Instagram website or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's wheelchair technical is my uh, tagline or tag name, whatever. Uh, and then Paul Gardner on, on Facebook and uh, I haven't started my actual strive tactical Instagram. So I'm not sure if I'm going to just keep it on my personal or yeah. do two ones, separate ones or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it'll be strive tactical.com will be my website. Once it actually is live, uh, got the domain and all that, but I'm nice. still building it. So, Dude, that's yeah, so exciting. So, wheelchair technical and strive tactical. Awesome. Also, uh, warrior benefit is a charity that, Myself and other wounded guys helped found back in 2009. Actually, I think our actual founding was like 2011 because the first couple of years we just raised money for other charities before we didn't mm -hmm. like that and wanted kind of control over things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're basically a charity that uh, kind of unique. We're a charity. We don't give the money we raise to individuals. We give it to other military posts in our life for military charities, okay. uh, especially smaller ones that the money can go a lot longer or a lot further mm -hmm. and, uh, and local ones and stuff like that where people are doing good work, but that way people can donate to us knowing that myself and about a dozen or so other wounded guys and one gold star father will vote to where the money goes to. Mm -hmm. So that way they have kind of peace of mind knowing it's going to go to a military charity that wounded vets themselves want it to go to yeah. so that way they don't have to kind of try and find which one and yeah. everything so. that's a really cool idea I've never heard anything like that actually that's awesome yeah yeah sweet man and what oh. what was the name of that one warrior benefit warrior benefit warrior benefit dot yeah. org is our website okay cool well you guys as always will be able to find all of those plus more in the show notes paul thank you so much man this is uh again yet another powerful episode Lots of lessons learned. I appreciate you sharing your story. I know you've done it before, but I think every single time we share our stories, there's somebody else that can be reached, somebody else's life that can be changed. And you made so many good points and it was really powerful hearing some of your stories. And honestly, I'll, I'll touch on again, you describing about you being in the helicopter when you thought you were going to die. Like that's something I'm going to think about before I go to sleep tonight. Cause I think it's that, uh, it's that incredible and it's that powerful. So I appreciate everything, man. And have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much again. Likewise, thanks for having me, brother.